In today's episode, we discuss how you can take back control of your life from your emotions. If you feel captive to your emotional swings, then stay tuned. This episode is for you. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you are doing well. I hope your week is starting off well or going well whenever you're listening to this, that um, you're pursuing the goals that you want to pursue and that you're succeeding and seeing progress and being encouraged in those goals. However, I know that's not always the case. And I've actually been in a place in my life where I feel like I've continually had to like re-motivate myself to go pursue a certain goal. And I want to kind of get into that today. And I want to kind of talk about the emotions around that and what's potentially happening and how we can take back control to actually go pursue the vision that we have for our life, to pursue the goals that we truly desire. Because when we when we get in that place where we're continually like motivating ourselves, I was I was in this place the last time that um the last job that I had before I'm um, in the corporate world, I would get to work and I would be like, I want to be a faithful employee. I want to do well. I need to do these activities. And, and the reality was that I was kind of bored with them, but I would like motivate myself every morning and be like, okay, today I'm going to be focused the whole day and I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be efficient. I'm going to get my work done and I'm going to just go after it. And I'm going to put a lot of these days together and that would work for about three or four hours. And about lunchtime, I was like, man, I'm ready for something else. And I would notice that my it would be more difficult to keep my productivity high because I was like going on this artificial motivation that had like run out. Like I wasn't necessarily driven in the same way that I am in other areas to just stay at it or like produce something. So for example, to compare that when you're in like your flow state, when you're in a flow state and you're you're at the right amount of challenge and you're using like your skill set, like you're not bored, it's easy to like get caught up in it and lose track of time and be like, wow, like five hours has already passed, like, or like time just seems to fly versus the opposite when you're trying to like motivate yourself and not um not lose track of efficiency. You know, it's like when you're when you're in that place, the two different places, your flow state versus a state that's not in flow state that you're like motivating yourself, it just it just burns out. And if you're anybody, if you're anything like me, that feeling where you kind of get burnt out when you're motivating yourself, it kind of produces a shame that you need to either be doing better or you're disappointing people. You have more potential and you need to fill that potential. And that can be a really negative feeling and produce like this heaviness and it produces like this low energy, right? Which when we have that low energy of feeling shame or frustration or like trying to re-energize ourselves to do something, it it's difficult. It's hard. And that disappointment creates this heightened feeling of like uncertainty. And at times it can be like this panic feeling of maybe in my story here, it's like if I don't do well, if I'm not a faithful employee and I'm claiming that I'm a believer and, you know, representing the kingdom, 
well, if, if I'm look, looked at as someone who could potentially, potentially be lazy, like that's not good. That's not the rep- reputation that I want to have. And once again, it can kind of create this panic feeling. So these, these feelings can kind of hijack our life. And it's like, now I'm not pursuing like the goals that I want to pursue, but I'm more just trying to manage the emotions. And so I want to get into that today. And I want to kind of talk about how you can manage your emotions and like what to do, like what your brain is doing when it, when it gets there and how we can stay on track to actually be pursuing the goals that we want to pursue, but also doing good work along the way. Because if you don't, when you have these feelings and you're, you're not doing anything to really address the feelings, but you're just responding to the shame, it can kind of create this, this cycle that is difficult to get out of unless you actually do address the thoughts and feelings. Because when you're in this cycle, trying to avoid the shame, trying to avoid the disappointment, you're just responding to those emotions, but you're not actually doing anything to change that root thought because you're not even addressing it. You don't even know what it is. And when you have experienced a lot of disappointment or when you experience a lot of shame, that can cause withdrawal and and cause you to avoid certain things, or it can cause you to be self-deprecating, which ultimately when you get in this place, it creates this downward spiral because you start either stuffing those emotions or maybe they explode and they can harm your relationships or they can harm your reputation. And you just stay in this cycle over and over again, where you're either unsatisfied because you're just doing minimal work and getting okay results, but you're not satisfied with those okay results because you have more potential. And now you feel shame around not reaching your potential. Like, as you can see, it's just creating a downward spiral. And the bottom line is nobody wants to be controlled by their emotions. We want to have the maturity to be able to sit in our emotions, understand what they're telling us and make the necessary changes to live the life that we've been called to live. And you don't want your emotions to derail you from what you're trying to accomplish. And the reality is it's it's probably not possible to never have your emotions derail you. But the thing is, how do you get back on track faster? How do you respond more quickly in order to get to where you want to go or get back on track? And a story that makes me think about this or like a movie that my my boys really enjoy and I actually really enjoy it too is if you've seen the movie Inside Out you know that there are emotions inside the characters are emotions inside this you know 11 12 year old girl's um, head her name's Riley and the main character the main emotion is joy and joy at the beginning of the story doesn't really like sadness and she doesn't like it when sadness is in control because Joy doesn't like when Riley feels sad and Riley and her family move across country. And so Riley obviously would be experiencing more sadness type emotions, leaving her friends, going to a new place. And so Joy is in this process of trying to like not let sadness be in control because she doesn't like how that feels. And it takes Joy basically the whole movie where she goes to this transformation process where she discovers that her and sadness actually have the same favorite memory of Riley's life. And it's kind of baffles Joy because Joy's favorite memory is when Riley's friends came and like celebrated her after a a hockey game and her parents kind of celebrated and there was this like great connection time between Riley and her friends and her parents. And Sadness's favorite memory is that same memory because right before that, Riley missed the game winning goal to win the hockey game. So she was sad. And 
because she was sad, her family and friends came and supported her and lifted her up on their shoulders and they celebrated her and that became Joy's favorite memory. But Joy realized that in order to experience the happiness and joy that she wants, sadness has to be present. And so the end of the movie, Joy is like working together with sadness for sadness to do what needs to be done for Riley to feel those emotions so she can go back and create a connection and feeling with her family and be able to express to her family that she's sad that they moved, all these different things. And so this is a great picture to me of how we try to just like run away from like these negative feelings. We try to run away from sadness. We try to run away from anger. We try to run away from stress or whatever and just avoid them because maybe we have this feeling that we shouldn't we shouldn't be that way or we shouldn't feel those things or those are quote unquote bad and that we just need to be happy. Yet those emotions are actually telling us something. Those are indicators that we need to pay attention to. And I want to let you know that those indicators, if you think about it, the state that you're in is actually just a snapshot. It's a picture of your current emotions. So I'll say that again. Your state is a current snapshot of all your emotions. So if you're excited, if you're you know going to do something fun and you have high energy, that's a snapshot of your emotions, of the happiness, joy, excitement. If you're lethargic, kind of laying around on the couch and just kind of grumpy, like that may be an indication that you're sad. If you're feeling frenzied, if you're just kind of uncertain, kind of scattered, that may be an indicator that a snapshot that you have worry or stress. And so I want to take some time to kind of walk through what some of those emotions are and kind of what they could be saying, what that snapshot is trying to tell you. And if you can really feel and address those emotions, you can change the thought around it and take back control of your state. Because when you can recognize what the emotion is telling you, you can address it, use it to your advantage, and actually continue to not be or not be derailed from where you're trying to go. So few emotions here. One is the first one, big one, a common for people is fear. So if you're afraid of something, that emotion is just signaling a warning. So what would happen? What would it look like if you just got really curious about your emotional state? So I'm feeling afraid, huh? What am I afraid of? Instead of being like, I don't want to fear, feel fear, or I'm trying to do everything to prevent fear from coming. What if you just sat there and said, okay, I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? What am I making this certain circumstance mean to me? It could be fear, could be a lot of different things. But what am I afraid of? What is, what is this emotion trying to warn me of? And then you can kind of, once you identify that, you can see, okay, is that 100% true? Does that make sense? How is, how is that serving me? And you can, you can address it. A feeling, emotion of doubt is a way that your brain is trying to signal caution. Huh, I'm, I'm doubtful on that. What is, it, what is my brain trying to caution me of? Think about it. And then you can identify, okay, is that caution legitimate? Or where did I learn to be cautious that way? 
because not all risk is bad risk. But if there if there are doubts, okay, why am I doubtful? What's creating this doubt? When you're angry, that's that's an indicator that one of your value systems have been violated or one of your values. So you could look at it and say, okay, my anger, what is it telling me about my values? And it can you can use it to help you become aware of your values. And like I said, take the shame blanket off of being angry and just look at the value system. Okay, why am I angry? If your kids create clutter and leave a room dirty and it gets angry, well, that's an indicator that you value a clean space. So if you value a clean space and you don't want your values to get disrupted or to get pressed upon, what do you need to do to create more clarity you know, in your household to create systems or maybe your kids need training? You know, so don't look at anger as a bad thing. Oh, I shouldn't be angry. I don't need to do that anymore. But what value systems are being revealed? Um, when we worry, it's it can potentially helping us be prepared for problems in the future or a worst case scenario. And so if you got really curious, what is that worst case scenario? What is that problem that my brain is trying to prepare me for? And you can objectively look at it and be like, okay, is that is that legitimate? Does that need to be, do I need to worry about that? Is that going to happen? How is preparing for this worst case scenario serving me? Because a lot of times we get in these emotions are used to protect us when we're young and we create these coping mechanisms, but yet we never change them over time. We just kind of operate because our brain loves efficiency. We just kind of operate in the same mental state. We kind of operate in the same level of thinking. So some of these emotions, fear, anger, worry may have served you when you're six, seven, eight years old in a way that your brain, the only way it could, the only way it could cope with it when it was less developed. But now when you're you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, and you haven't actually changed that thinking as you've developed and you've matured, it's important to go back and address those things and be like, okay, I, I don't need to respond with my seven-year-old brain anymore with these coping me mechanisms. I now have experience where I can say, oh, I don't need to worry about that. And another one is, think about sadness. We're talking about sadness from the story of Inside Out. Sadness often tells us that we need to process something. And it's usually processing some type of loss. And that processing needs to be done before we can move forward. So if you're feeling sad about something, just get really curious. Why am I sad? It, is there a loss here that needs to be processed? Because a lot of times we want to like not receive the sadness and be like, I just need to be happier. I need to be more grateful. And there's that shame again, right? The shame comes in and squashes down what really needs to be addressed and the fact that maybe we lost something. If we if we were really excited about something, um, and for example, if you were going to go to a baseball game with your son, it's the first time this was going to happen. They loved the game and got rained out. Or you were going to go golfing or something, and it was this really special thing, you know. Or someone's wedding day, for example, they're going to get they're going to get married outside, and it's raining and it doesn't go the way they anticipate. And there's this sadness, right? A lot of times we try to be like, well, we try to spin it. Shouldn't feel that way. Things could be worse. You know, all these different things. Instead of just addressing, I'm really sad that I didn't get to have my wedding on a beautiful sunny day 
in the spot that I picked because there's some type of loss. When you address, yeah, I feel sad about that. And that's okay. You now position yourself to be able to move forward and create something brand new. Because if you're sad about something and an expectation you had in a picture that you had in your mind and it's not going to work out and you still try to spin it to make it work out, it's like it never will because things have changed. So in a sense, you need to bring closure to one expectation in your mind, recognize the sadness that it's not going to be there. That's okay. And now move forward and create something new where now you can be grateful. What are the opportunities available to you for this new circumstance? What's a new expectation? What's a new picture that you can create? And so using your emotions as a snapshot or using your state as a current snapshot of your emotions will help you identify, okay, and get really curious. What is this telling me? Why am I sad? Is there a loss? My is my brain telling me that there's a loss of something that I need to address and then move forward? My angry is there what value system has been violated? What does it tell me about my values? And you can start to process it to the, then create something new and move forward. And like I said, redirect, have more control over your emotions, more control over what you're over your state and move in the direction that you want to go. Because when you take control of your state, of your mind and your body, you can shift your experience. So think about learning, for example, if you went to like traditional school and think about being in a classroom where you're just bored. This is interesting. We homeschool our kids and our, our oldest son, there are times where he doesn't care for school and he gets bored. And it's like, there are things that we've had to like rehearse over and over again when it comes to math, when it comes to reading, when it comes to spelling, like he's, there's boredom there. There's a state of boredom. And so that boredom, that state of boredom affects the way he learn learns. It affects how we all learn because all learning is dependent on the state that we're in. Because if we're in like an excited state and we, it, that learning actually connects to that emotion, we remember it better. So when you're bored, it's going to be a really difficult state to learn in because your, your mind is connecting it to that emotion. And so it's going to disregard it. It's going to delete it. So there are things that you can do to shift your mind and body into a different state. A lot of times movement is one way to do that, easily do that. Like if you're feeling down, you're feeling lethargic, if you exercise, it can help change your state, which is going to change those emotions. And so when you can learn how to go from boredom to excitement or work on being bored to curious, you know, even fun, it's like, that's going to allow you to create a state to attach either learning or positive experience to, and, and keep moving forward and create momentum. And so I just want to reemphasize when you're able to recognize the state that you're in, realize, okay, I'm excited. I'm lethargic. I'm bored. I'm happy. Like you're able to address those emotions and how you're feeling. And when you can actually get curious about those emotions, you can move forward to finding a solution instead of just trying to avoid not feeling those things, which is like that shame that gets put over everything and just trying to avoid that shame. No, we want to address the emotion. We want to address the feelings and realize, okay, how is this serving me? 
what's a new thought that can serve me better? Instead of getting in this perpetual cycle of remotivating, motivating myself, or trying not to do something and actually never really addressing the problem, which is pulling us off track. The problem is actually creating a derailment and not allowing us to pursue the goals or not allowing us to have the success that we want in our life. So hopefully that's encouraging to you. Like I said, let your state, the state that you're in, let that be an indicator, a snapshot of your emotions. And then get really curious about your emotions. Address it. See what it is. See how it's serving you. Is there another thought that can be empowering? Is there something that can serve you better? And then once you recognize that, you can move forward and create more momentum to actually get the results that you're looking for. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as help get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.